podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly View system, DLS. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast. Manchester United won, Liverpool won, VAR does my fucking head in, so does that referee. Uh, oh, it's so fucking annoying. Tonight with me, I have Keith Cross and I have Grizz Khan to go through this game. This before it, during it, after it, all them sorts of bits. Grizz, um, immediate reaction, I suppose. Just give me your immediate reaction to, to that game. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to gloat. And you know I'm going to gloat. I don't know because, why. Um, in what way? Because I predicted this kind of game. I predicted this kind of messy where they're going to be up for it, where we froze last year. I wanted a different type of approach. We discussed it in thorough detail on Friday. And I said, if we come with a different mindset, we win. Otherwise, we won't. And uh, we didn't. We, we weren't helped with one of the most inept refereeing performances I've ever seen. I know you was having a go at VAR there. I'm not. VAR showed that it was a foul. <laughs> so VAR done its job? No. No. Okay. I'll, I'll let you bite him gone. I'll let you go on. Well, as I'm saying. Right. So, again, I'm going to go with, I'm going to start this off with, when is VAR being used? What's the purpose of it? And how are we coming to these outcomes, all right? United's, before we get on to team lineups and all, United score a goal in which there's a foul on a Liverpool player quite clearly in the build-up, okay? The ball rolls up the pitch, United score, it's brought back for a VAR check, okay? If there's a definite foul on Divock Origi, surely VAR are saying, that was a definite foul, you realise that, don't you? Oh no, I didn't think it was a foul, that's a clearly an obvious fucking mistake, it's not a goal. Where do you go from here? Yeah. Well, so, so VAR didn't do its job, Chris. 
Fairton's no, job, no, absolutely, no. job absolutely perfectly in the Manny incident, but did not for the United one. And I, uh, there's no fucking way to change my mind on that. Well, first and foremost, is the referee that didn't see that as a foul. And many, many other sort of 50-50 challenges that he, he just didn't give us. We were given six fouls in a high-intensity 90 minutes game against our fiercest rivals. We were given six free kicks for fouls in 90 minutes. Mm. They were given 16. Mm-hmm. You okay. trying to tell, look at the difference. No, I know, I know, and we and we, we will we will go through all that. It's just, yeah. So, but basically, in a nutshell, you know, I could talk all night about the frustration and everything, but it is what it is. Everyone's sorry as it is. I don't think many people will be happy with that performance. I'm, I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, some people said, "Oh, we really changed it in the last 15, 10 minutes," and we really we didn't. It was just they were camped, and we were going to get position. I've seen so much bullshit. On Twitter, talking about how Keita and Ox and Lalana changed the game. They didn't. They just passed the ball. They had more time on the ball because by then United had camped. Um, pure frustration, basically. Cut a long story short. Pure frustration. It was a mirror image of last season's performance. Uh, I'm afraid we have some f- form of mental block when we go to, uh, when we go to Old Trafford. And despite, um, all the VAR and the refereeing decisions, I don't think we deserve to win the game anyway. Okay, uh, Keith, would you um, would you um, echo those sentiments from Grizz where he says frustrated? Uh, we 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 didn't step up. We had a mental block. Uh, would you would you echo those sentiments? Uh, I would to an extent, but I think we were all in dreamlands, and we've been here before. When it comes to Manchester United at Old Trafford, where there's times where. We go into the game saying, yeah, we're going to do fours, we're going to do threes, we're going to do fives because, Bollocks, you know, we're not- I hate all that talk during the week. It was all, it was all gas. And, and I think that had a big impact in how we, you know, cause it's natural, right? You, you see all the stuff throughout the week, you watch the goals, you see the performances, you look at our players and you think to yourself, yep, do you know what? I think a big performance is going to come. Let's not forget Manchester United defensively are not that bad this season. Yes, they let in silly goals from time to time, but in terms of, Get kind of given away chances. They've they've improved and they played with two. They played with Fred and McTominay protecting the back four, which was always going to make things uh, back uh, five. Pretty much, yeah, played a back five, so it was going to make things a challenge. Um, but it was it was it was an anxious game. I think the players probably had just as much anxiety on the pitch as the fans did off the pitch, and I think it showed. There were touches that players like Fabinho were making that were just unbelievable, weak. Soft passes, second to every 50-50, you know, the energy just wasn't there. And I think our boys froze a little bit today. And and particularly in the first half, Klopp said it himself. I think it was overall it was a poor poor performance. However, I think it's an overreaction to suggest that Man United were that good for the win. Both teams deserved a point. Both teams, if anything, it should have been a nil-nil. It was dull. Mm. No one could name save Alisson had to make a no one could make his name a save that De Gea had to make. And that was the game. 
Yeah. Uh, Shaq says, why do we play like Disney movie Frozen when we go to Old Trafford? Uh, Noel Tracy says, I don't know how they got so many fouls because they were very tame. I thought we weren't tough enough out there today. Dave's LFC chat says, Grizz on the button, 1-1. One, one. No, he wasn't. He changed it to 1 last night. Um, Annie, Annie, prove it. I'll prove it. I can give you the recording if you like. Um, Annie says, they camped in their half. Yes, they did. Uh, Chris says, I'm really bored of elements of this fan base acting like self-entitled children. As soon as we aren't winning by three, we are automatically crap. No, we aren't. We're far from crap. Um, I actually thought after the game, Chris, that the two words that came into my head was, I thought we, I thought we fairly dominated it, but we were not clinical enough. I said that straight after the end of the game. Um, Dave's LFC chat says we're in second gear. I don't even think we could find the gear at certain times during the game. I don't know how much Salah threw was off. Chris, um, Oh, sorry, David Reyes says too many players didn't turn up today. United report him. We should have denounced to beat them. The passing was awful. The passing was awful. It absolutely was. Grizz, the lineup, um, Salah doesn't travel. Uh, doesn't, doesn't make it back in time. I'd expect to see him during the week, if not against Spurs next week. Um, and the team otherwise lines up as we expected. Henderson does play in midfield with Wijnaldum and Fabinho. Um, for United, uh, you know, Martial makes the bench. The Gea actually starts. Wan-Bissaka starts. Um, so a couple of those players that were ruled out were, uh, were actually there. But normal lineup, Chris, you, you couldn't see, um, you couldn't, you couldn't really argue with it, could you? Or was, would you have liked to see something different? I would have liked to see oh. Keita for argument's sake. When there was no Salah, I would have liked to see Keita. Well, you just answered my question for me, but yeah, um, I said I said to you in the morning as well. I said in, the, in, in our private message, I said, "Look, if we knew Mo's not playing, I definitely would have started a more creative player in midfield. Definitely, if Mo wasn't playing. If Mo was playing, then maybe we would have got away with it. And maybe would have created more." Um, but but the fact that we just straight replaced him with Divock, because you've got to remember, with Mo Salah, not only were we missing a goal, a elite goal scorer, but we were also missing a creative player who also creates. Div has been, uh, Div will go down as a legend for his, um, for the goals he scored, impact he's made mostly as a sub, and you know, and a, and a couple of important major goals he scored. But his overall game from the start is not for me, Gav. Mm. We've discussed this as well before. It's not the same. He doesn't look in sync with the other attackers, with the midfield. I don't know where he fits, whether it's wide left, whether it's through the middle. I don't think Klopp really trusts him the way he changes him around in the game. Sometimes he starts him off left, brings him in the middle. I definitely would have liked to see a Kato or Ox. But we just don't know the levels of fitness, the levels of form, as much as Klopp, etc. do. Um, even a Lalana, even a Lalana might have made a difference. Uh, I thought our midfield was static, played as a flat three. I wasn't happy with the lineup, but it's the lineup that's done a job for us commendably so far. I just knew, especially when Salah was out, and we just knew, we discussed it again on Friday night where we said they're not going to move, Gav. They're not going to move from the, the, the penalty area. They practically played with eight defenders, naturally defend, you know, natural defenders, uh, in that game. 
and we needed something creative. We didn't have something creative. Um, and therefore, that's why we just didn't make enough chances. Mm. Um, DVD, I'm going to call him. Uh, DVD says, Origi only good off the bench, end of. I fully endorse that. Um, I just think that it's, you know, and this isn't in hindsight. I've watched Origi start a couple of games for Liverpool. He started the first game of the season against Norwich, good for a half and the second half of Paul. Um comes on in other games and really just that bit of energy he has and something different but I think he's kind of easy to work out when you have him from the start I don't know if that makes sense but you know when you're when you're drilled to to, to be up against him from the start I think he's easy enough to, to, to look after you know um, Keith the lineup is the lineup United is what it is um, as Grizz has said they go with they go with seven I would say seven naturally defensive minded players uh, but for you, like did, we didn't do enough, Keith. Did we? We didn't pass it well enough. We didn't. We didn't move around well enough. We didn't break the lines. We didn't. We didn't get be, get midfielders beyond the ball. We didn't. You know, I thought the fullbacks were way too worried about what United were going to do as opposed to what they could do themselves. It just, was it just one of those get days, Keith, or was it a case of we turned up there and we gave them too much respect because that's the that's the word I seen or the sentence I seen being floated around. Um, from probably the 10th minute on. I think there was a lot of respect given by our wing-backs. I think, um, I thought, unfortunately, Jordan Henderson was pretty much anonymous. And suddenly it almost confused me to say he was supposed to be the more dynamic f- f- uh, midfielder. Was it supposed to be Ginny or was it supposed to be Henderson? I thought Ginny in the first half actually played probably our best player. Um, I think when it comes to the, the forward lineup. Touching on what uh, Grizz was uh, saying about Salah, again, he's right, you know, you, we lose a creative force, we lose our goal score, but we actually also lose a very good player, hold-up player with the ball. And I thought that's where Divock really let us down. For a big man and a tall man in stature, when that ball was getting fired in earlier on and we needed a player to hold up the ball, take us 10 yards up the pitch a bit to give us a bit of confidence, his first touch was woeful. Straight back to the United players every single time, straight back to United players, just didn't kill the ball. Whereas someone like Salah will always kill the ball and he'll always hold players off to bring other players into the game. And I thought we missed that big time today. I question whether, I want to, uh, it'd be interesting to know how much we trained knowing that Salah wasn't going to play in terms of tactics, because it felt a bit lopsided today. You know, um, Firmino seems, you know, uh, credit where it's due to United, they absolutely hounded the hell out of him. But again, he's, some of his touches, you know, he had the biggest chance of the yep. first half. Yep. Let's not get that twisted. Before United scored the goal, Liverpool had the biggest chance of the first half. That ball comes, cuts back to Firmino, and that shot was so tame. I'll tell you where I got worried, Keith. Even before that, Gab, do you know, in the first, I can't remember what, it must have been in the first 10, 15 minutes, where he was through, not through on goal, but through on the left-hand side. Yep. And it was the most unfamiliar thing ever, what he'd done, where he just blasted it blindly with his left foot into the crowd. Yeah. A normal Firmino takes that under control, and his first thing he does is look, and sees the runner and picks out a genie or a div who were making runs or a Mane. I knew, I didn't know at that stage, I was hoping that this is not a sign of things to come. But it turned out to be exactly how we played. Frenetic, brainless, 
it was it, we froze. We didn't play our game. I thought the fullbacks, especially Trent, had an awful game. I'll say I love Trent. He's a phenomenal talent. That's where the like respect comes from, Chris. Say game. I think that's where the, the lack of respect comes from, or the too much respect comes from. I don't know, Gavin. All right, do, Chris. Chris listen, listen, Chris. We go out against teams better than United, okay? And Trent and Robertson end up, and they play literally forty yards from the opposition's goal all day. They don't, they don't veer from that. They go back when they need to, and they literally plant themselves forty yards from goal, and then they walk from there. It wasn't that case today. You know, even even if you look at the, even if you look at the balls from Van Dijk and Matip to the fullbacks, very square. Very square passes, mm-hmm. where it's usually a diagonal sort of pass where it opens it up a little bit, and if the player wants to come inside, he can. If he wants to push forward, he can. If he wants to come back, he can. You know, I just think it was it was one of those. It was a very. I thought it was a timid performance, um, a little bit like Firmino's shot that that um, that Keith is talking about. Maverick said we should have started with Rigi in the middle and Mane on the left. I would I would argue when I seen that United side, I would have went with Mane and Firmino up front. Oh, that's what I would have done. I would have put two of them up front and went, do you know what? We'll match this. We'll, 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 we'll play some sort of 4-3-1-2 if we have to. And, and do something along them lines because they weren't interested, you know what I mean? They really, really weren't. Look, the main talking points of the first half is the goal and the disallowed goal. Um, Grizz, me and you have had a little chat about it, but Keith, United score and I'm not taking away from Daniel James Ball. I think it's really good, although I think Matthew should do better. Uh, it's a decent finish from Rashford. But this VAR thing, again, I haven't spoken to you about VAR, Keith, so I'm going to now. It's a fucking shambles, Keith. All right? And I'm going to say it. And I've been saying it since, I think, since the, this, the European Super Cup. It's an absolute and utter shambles. And I don't know where they're going with it. Nobody knows if it's a goal, why it's a goal, why it's not a goal. Nothing, nothing is becoming clearer as the weeks go on, Keith. But that's just English football. You know, why is it that the Premier League, the biggest and best competition in the world, can't figure out a way to implement VAR and, you know, evolve as the game goes on? You know, it's it's almost British mentality. We love to rigidly stick by something and instead of saying, OK, look, maybe we should, you know... Arrogance. Be a bit more flip- there's, arrogance. Yeah, there's arrogance and about I, it. It's blatant arrogance. And here's where I think the whole Atkinson thing comes into play. And I think it's happening a few times. I think that, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think referees are being told that was a foul. But like Chris says, the arrogance of Atkinson to turn around and go, you can't question my decision. I've made the decision. You know, I, I, you know, I can't be wrong. So therefore I'm going to stick with my decision. I think it's happening more often than not. I think referees are being told that these situations are happening. But they're turning around and saying, no, you know, I know what I saw, so I'm sticking with, with my original decision. VAR is being treated almost like a consultative. Keith, can um, I, can I, can I say, can, can I say something here? Can, can I say something here? Do you see when Marcus Rashford scores that goal? Yeah. Right? There is no point in going to VAR. I'm going to put that out there now. There is absolutely no point in going to VAR. For the simple reason is, Martin Atkinson has given that goal, okay? And when he gives it, he doesn't in any way even make any effort to say to VAR, there may have been a foul earlier on, have a look at it, right? And they're never going to overturn him. They're never going to overturn him, okay? So there's actually no point in going to VAR. None, okay? There's none, unless the linesman says, 
I think he may have been offside, or I think, you know, I, for argument's sake, if Rashford had pulled that Matip, I think he may have pulled the defender, something like that. But they're never going to change it unless it's offside. They're, it's pointless what they've done there today. Okay? Well, they're just, I, I, but but yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is, when, that, when, when the fucking free kick should be given, right? Atkinson should have that in his head and go, mm, I'm not, was that free? I guess the other end, look, the goal is fine, but, was that a free back there? Because I didn't think it was, but just let me know if it was. Be, do you know what? Be humble, be humble about it. Be like that's humble. the word. That's the exact humble. word. Be humble about the whole thing and say, lads, can you just check that for me? I didn't give a free, but it may have been. I'm not too sure. And do you know what? That could actually lead on to referees being able to come out after the game. Martin Atkinson to come out after the game today and say, do you know something? I did give the goal, but I did say to VAR to have a look. They had a look, and it was a free. My mistake. It happens as all, and everyone would respect people a lot more than that. It's it's absolutely pointless what they're doing, and all this VAR check is absolute another horseshit because there's no way they're overturning them. You see, well, well, it's, it's it's clear and obvious they're not overturning subjective decisions. They're only overturning matters of fact, mm. which are offside, basically. Yeah. So it's an offside yeah. tool. It's nothing else. Yeah, it's so an offside it's, and a handball. It's being used too. for offside because off, you know they're not over, offsides and handballs. Basically, they are not. They haven't overturned any fouls or anything. I think did they overturn the Leicester goal actually yesterday? Yeah, but you see That's, one. You see one there yesterday. You see one there yesterday with um, Spores. Isn't it Spores on Watford? Is it mm, Delafeu yeah. goes down? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Delafeu goes down. Okay. What's the decision the ref gives? No pen. Okay. Does it go to VAR? Yeah. Yes. And what happens? No pen. Right. And you're telling me that that referee, at the angle he's looking at, has decided that's not a penalty, and guys looking at 20 replays are looking and saying, oh, yeah, you're okay, walk away. That is a load of fucking bollocks, to be perfectly honest with you. It's completely... It is. It completely is, because they should be able to say to him, listen, Martin Atkinson, or whatever the fuck referee, you, you fucked up there. It's, a, it's actually a penalty. Point at the spot. It's job done. Start walking. Listen, you need to start calling out referees on this, because what's happening is, one, you're not overturning them, and two, you're making them think they're better than they actually are. And that's, that's what's happening. You're making them think I they're think right when they're, when they're actually not. I think, look, uh, the one thing I will say that probably didn't work in Divock's favour was the way he went down. It was quite theatrical, we can all admit. And even though, yes, it was a foul, in, in, in so much so as he kicked his, 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 uh, in the back of his calf or shin, I think Martin Atkinson made a, a decision based on what he saw as a result of the tackle and decided, no, you know, he's gone down too easily. Had that in his head and didn't, and didn't, didn't disregard it as of then. Now, the, the result, how we resolve this is people saying we bring pitch side, uh, screens. But if I'm not mistaken, during the World Cup, everybody said that was a shambles and waste time and we no. should never be doing, should never have that in the Premier League. What? So what do we do? Give them iPads? No, I'll, t- I'll tell you what we do. DVD says here, should we able to be, be able to hear and see VAR like the TMO and the rugby, the rugby union? Yes. The rugby union yeah. have this absolutely and utterly nailed to perfection. Okay? Well, they won't. No, they no. They won't. They, they're not, they're not willing, they're not willing for the referees to be undermined in any shape whatsoever. And that's a pure arrogance thing. It's nothing else. It's these rigid, arrogant ways 
you know, they've just about let VAR in. They will work VAR, and I still believe in VAR long time, mm. but they yeah. will work VAR at their own pace and how they make the changes. Listen, it it's, not, change. Riz, it's not about the pace they walk it at. It's the way they implement it. No, no, no. What I mean by pace, what I mean by pace is at which pace they make the changes, you know, in terms of in implementation as well. They will do it when they feel it's necessary. And for, for it to be necessary, there will be outrage like there is from today from managers, ex-pundits, ex-players, pundits, etc., etc. Then we may see a difference in approach, i.e. the rugby approach or where the referee gets to go to the touchline and see it. Because at the moment they're not allowing. No, the no, no. You don't need to go. You don't need to go to any touchline and start looking at television screens and all that. You don't need that. What in in rugby? What what, what happens for anybody that's watching or listening? You know, and you're not too sure what happens in rugby union. If a stage of play goes, there might something might happen. Okay, a linesman may spot something. It could be an off the ball incident. It could be anything. And what happens is the referee simply puts his hand to his ear, says to the guy up in the box. I'm giving a try for argument's sake, but I think it might have been a forward pass or I think someone might have obstructed somebody. Can you just have a look back? Now, he's saying, I didn't give the decision, but it could have been that, that decision. Do you get me? That's the phrase he's using. I'm giving the try, but this may have happened. He may have seen something that wasn't 100%. Let it go mm. on and I'll have a look at it. And they go on and you can hear them talking and he'll say, yeah, I've had a look at it. Award the try or don't award the try. And the argument yeah. that always comes back is, Oh, well, 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 there'll be fellas coursing and all. Now listen, come here and I tell you, all you do is you start issuing red cards. Fella comes up near you when you press your ear and he opens his mouth, just red card him. And then they'll all stop. They'll all stop within five minutes. And Martin Atkinson, in the normal stage of play, when that goes through, if anyone was humble or any, or, or even, you know, took his job fucking seriously, to be perfectly honest with you, he would go and say, I'm giving that, but I didn't give a free back there. Was that a free? Just double check it for me. That's all he has to say, and then it's sorted. But look, we, we could go on. We could go on about that decision all night. I'm going to tell you, Grizz, um, that the Stadio Mani decision by the rules that, as I know them, was completely and utterly correct. Do you agree or disagree? Um, someone tweeted the actual rule book, mm-hmm. and if you bear with me, give me thirty seconds. I will find it because I may. You may find. You may find. I find. I disagree with you. Okay. Because this is what the actual rules state with regards to handballs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mhm. Oh, I'm giving you that thirty seconds, Keith. Do you agree that that VAR? Well, do you agree, Keith, that that VAR decision with regards to Manny is spot on? Because as I understand it, before Grizz quotes the real book at me, as I understand it, any touch of the hand by an attacking player, whether uh, on purpose or accidental, that leads to the scoring of a goal results in it being a handball. Uh, well, the, the question I have is, didn't we benefit from this rule? I don't know. For the life of me, I can't remember what game. Someone scored against us, it hit their hand, bounced down, and it was disallowed. I mean, it's, it's you know what, it's a, it's a rule that's been consistent this season. If there's one thing that has yeah, been the, consistent... The, the first, one, I, kept, the first not, one that came out was has, Gabriel Jesus at City against Sports. That's that was it, yeah. right? He handled it. Yeah. Look, Manny was unfortunate in that situation. Again, the handball rule is 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 has become. If if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the rule has become a bit. If it hits your hand, it's it's. Uh, okay. It's, well, this is well, this is what the actual rule says about deflections, 
and I do believe if it wasn't a deflection, but then then there's no conversation here. Then it was handball. But I thought at first glance and second glances on the replay, it, it came off his thigh and then onto his hand. Am I right in saying that? Correct. Or was it directly onto his hand? No, he, he takes her on his toy, it no. goes to his left hand side. So okay, so in that case, in that case, it states, it is not often, it is often impossible to avoid contact with a ball if it has deflected off the body of an opponent, teammate, or even another part of the player himself. Mm-hmm. So if a hand, so, so a handball would not be awarded if the ball touches a player's hand, Arm directly from the own hot head, body, foot, or any part of his body. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, Chris. Subjective uh, again. As I see, as I as I knew it, it was if you touch it with your hand and leads to an advantage where you score a goal, it is judged to be handball. You know, okay. like like you know, there's loads of stuff coming in there saying Northred says. Question is what? Question why did Matip kick the ball out when Diver James went down? Manny disallow goal is very similar to Jesus disallow versus goal versus Spurs. Um, Kate is a Caitlin Jamie seventy two says. Even when we scored, I celebrated, but straight away I was thinking, fuck it, it's going for VAR, I hate it. Yeah, everyone does. Uh, Soy Law says, as Lineker said, the VAR rule is fucked, as it doesn't allow now for accidental contact like man is. Okay, so that's, that's a different view to what you're saying, Chris. Um, let me see. Uh, DVD says, Manny didn't control the ball with his hand, but unfortunately it hit it. Um, but as I know it, if it strikes an attacker's hand and leads to a goal, it's a handball. So. It's it's one of those. And I've just read out wait, what the rules state. Now, how referees interpret that again is up to each individual referee, I guess. Now, for example, no, it can't be. Okay, it can't be. You can't just let every every referee decide what. So it can't and if, be. Hold on a minute. So if it's up to every, hold on. If it's up to every individual referee, right? He gives the fucking goal, Chris. So now it's not up to every individual referee because it goes to VAR then. And VAR comes back and says, hey, I touched him in the hand, Martin. Oh, well, did it deflect off him? Well, it, well he took her on his toy yeah, and hit man, his hand. It, it, it took me about an hour, two hours, and uh, steak, egg, and gravy yeah, it looked to, lovely, get, to get to get, to get get Atkinson out of my head, right? Honest to God, I was seething and fuming. But now you've got me mad again, and you've got me thinking about the, the ineptness of the referee, Gav. Well, well now, now you see... We've well, discussed I'm, the ineptness like of us, and months. we were poor. And I've been seething with our performance. Mm. And I've told how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat that performance. And I didn't expect it. I was worried it might come. I didn't expect it. I thought, no, it was just in the back of my head. I thought, this is a different Liverpool. We're a different animal. You know, you know, you know what I've been saying in the WhatsApp since morning. We're different. We're going to make this one count. We're going to learn from the mistakes. We're not going to make the same mistakes. I accept we played shit. But that refereeing performance, Gav, was horrific. Yep. It was it was that bad that it seriously needs to be looked at. Mm. And this is not sour grapes, because if you see my Twitter timeline, you will see I've been saying it for the last year and a half about this referee. He is an awful, awful referee. And it, you just can't just gloss over it and say, oh, the players were crap, Ole's tactics were good, this and that. You've got to put Atkinson into that equation and look at him as well. Yeah, no, you absolutely do. Uh, Galeno says, any handball that leads to goal is disallowed, apart from Deli Ali. There you go. Um, Deli Ali yesterday. Uh, so, um, let me see. DVD says, is there such a thing as an accidental handball anymore? Yes, there is. But, from what, from my understanding, if an attacking player, um, gets an advantage from a handball 
from him or anybody else, whether it be accidental or not, and it ends in a goal, the handball has to be ruled. That's yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've read. Yeah. That's what I've read. But so, you know, at the end of it, was probably one of the first decent things we actually done in that game, which says a lot. Yeah, it absolutely does. Um just, 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 um, like, Lalana gets the goal, Grizz. I'm, 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 we'll scare you because I want to look at the wider things more than else. But Keith, Lalana gets the goal, um, wasn't mad about him coming on, I'm going to be honest. Don't think he has a future at mm-hmm. Liverpool beyond this season, but in fairness to him, he gets to the back post. Uh, it's a, it's actually a really good leave from, from Eno to let go across goal. Um, and he, and he sticks it away and we get a one-all draw and I think it's the least we deserved. You know, but you know you camped in the second half, and I, I just think, Keith, this is my overall view on it. We should have come out like that from the very, very beginning, and made them sit back, and made them get, you know, be, be camped in their own half, fans turning on them because they're showing no ambition, and stamped ourselves on this team, and we didn't. We went out, and and as I said during the week, and my fear during the week was, we're gonna come out, and we're gonna tip-tap around here and see what they have and see what way they're set up before we react. Were you not frustrated by this from the very beginning, Keith? Uh, look, I think frustration is an understatement. I just think, like, you know, as a, as a fan of football, it was a poor game. It was as simple as that. It was, it was not, in, it was no entertainment. And, and you didn't support either team. You probably have fallen asleep. It was that bad. And again, I go back to the point of, yes, I think that, you know, we, we did have a very off day. Um, having come off a brilliant performance against Leicester. Um, but I thought Manchester United were even worse in, in so far as this. They were winning the game 1-0. They knew that Liverpool had an off day. Second half, they literally played like a team that was fighting for relegation. That was a relegation team. You know, they were 11 men behind the, the centre circle. I mean, Van Dijk and Matip had the freedom of the park. And it was only a matter of time before we were going to... You know, that kind of played into our hands. I think the first half was always going to be like that. I don't think they were ever going to be camping as back as far as they did. They nicked a goal and they were able to defend for their lives. So, you know, it, it was just one of those games. It was just a bad game of football against two teams who... You know, one's on the ascendancy, one's on the, uh, you know, kind of dying out, if you will. Um, both have got really pretty decent defences, so kind of, it just ended up I think being... you're being too kind. I think you're being too kind to, 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 to Liverpool. Man United are what they are. And they're, 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 they are where they are because of the way they play and because they're shit. It's not their job to entertain today. It wasn't their job to put on a show for their crowd or for Sky. And, and we encouraged, we encouraged their, yeah, their performance. Shit. Listen, listen. And I'm seething with Klopp again because again, like last season, he saw that once they've seen how they set up, once he's seen how the game's panning out, he still didn't change that midfield. He still didn't even possibly seeing Trent have an awful game change. You know, maybe bring on Milner. I don't know. I know Milner's, you know, but, you know, it, it, it needed someone to calm the shit down. We know about Trent's ability to sort of cross balls and cross field balls, but he was trying them from ridiculous angles with no one in the area, no one in the box, because Bobby was dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. Mane was having a frustrating game. I just think, I just think it was our job as leaders, as title contenders, possibly favourites, to go out there and make a statement, especially after last season, 
And so therefore, I'm not going to give... I'm not going to give Man United much credit because they've done what they shithouses went out to do and they've done their job fair, fair fucks to them. It's us that didn't do our jobs. It's us that didn't play our game. It's Klopp's mm. yeah. team selection and tactics that didn't, you know, didn't pay off. And that's my frustration. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely understand your frustration. A few people are saying here, you know... Um, like Kevin Sullivan says, today we proved that the lads aren't machines. I didn't see that performance against such a poor United side. Um, DVD says, very hard to explain the mental block at Old Trafford. Caitlin Jamie, 72, says we shit the bed at Old Trafford and we won't play it that bad until we return there again next season. Uh, you know, there's plenty of that there. Is there an argument, Grizz, that when we come back from international breaks that we mix it up a little bit more? Oh, I don't think, I don't think there's any doubt we do. Absolutely, I'm adamant that we do now. And if we don't, we won't win the league. Ah, oh, no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Slow the fuck down, Chris. No, 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 slow down, down slow down. You're not slowing me down today. Played, played play nine, won eight, no, drew no. one. I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, this title race, and I told you when it's eight points clear, 11 points clear, nine points clear, the freak that we're up against are machines. They can have no defenders. Yeah. And they will still control games. And win games. Yes, they might concede goals and chances. And last time drew one already. No problem, I don't care. Mm. What I'm saying is if we don't rotate, listen to what I said. If we do not rotate, if we do not use the likes of Cater and Ox, if they are fit, right? If they are fit and healthy, if we don't rotate the midfield. and, 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 And for example, I firmly believe Brewster should have been on that subs bench today. Again, another, you know, a goal scoring threat. One of our front three goes missing, Gav. I know we've got the history of Barcelona and Anvil to look, you know, to look back to and say, you know, blah, 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 blah. But if one of our front three goes missing, especially, you know, Manara Salah, our attack looks blunt. Yeah. And we could have, and we should have addressed that in the summer, but okay, let bygones be bygones. Let's get on with what we have. But, you know, if the likes of Brewster were, and Shakiri were, we're told, look, you're going to get your chances, then I, I firmly believe they will be given their chances in the coming up and coming months, especially in that midfield area. Okay. Uh, Pop and Dew says, Atkinson was a nightmare. Decision after decision and still in Fergie's pocket. Um, DVD says, a lot broke down with Ox when he came on. Um, uh, Dunno wanted Ox to start. Chris Brack says, the freaks are up against, uh, have dropped more points at home last season and lost to Norwich. I fully agree with you. Uh, this week we'll see Kate and Ox. Hopefully we do see that, says uh, Chris Pross. But look, um, let me see. Kevin Sullivan says he watched Gang versus Napoli. They'll do what United did. And Naby should rotate it into that 11, along with Ox and maybe Genie in a 10 roll, something along them lines. Um, but look, Keith, I want to, um, it's a one-all draw, but, you know, you can't win them all. And I, I understand people's frustrations, and I have a bit of that as well, where I wanted to go to Old Trafford. I wanted to make a mark. I wanted to make a, a statement. I wanted to show City that we went there last season and drew them were, not, were, were different this season. But look, Keith, nine, nine games, eight wins, one draw, okay? We've played, we've played United, we've played Arsenal, we've played Chelsea. Uh, we've played Leicester, who are highly rated. You know, we've we've played a, 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 few, a fair few decent sides. I think the only two left to play are Spurs and City, which we haven't, which we have in two of our next three, I think. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So look, it, it'll definitely be um, it'll definitely be a marker in the season after the game against City before the next international break. But Keith, just looking at the positives overall, six points clear. 
you know, could possibly be A if you actually look at the game today. I, I believe we deserve to win the game. That's me personally. Um, but if you look at the positives, six, six points clear, unbeaten. Yeah, we lost Salah and we, we, alright, we didn't turn up today, but you, you can't, you can't have a go at this side, but in fairness, Keith, you know, it, it's a phenomenal football team that, okay, has an off day every now and then. Maybe the international break, players coming back, different things, probably stuttered it a little bit, but there's still plenty of positives there when you, when you stand back and look after nine games as to where we are quarter of the way into the season. You know what, look, any any error, I suppose, other than this one, when you're looking at what we're achieving as a football club, you would h- highlight this as, yeah, do you know what, we could be positive, uh, we could be assertive, and we could be confident that we're going to go on and still win the league. Um, but we are dealing with a freak football club. We're not even dealing with a football club, we're not dealing with a city, we're dealing with a country, mm-hmm. effectively. A country who has invested so much money in so much talent that these pesky draws, whereas before they would look at, okay, you know, you could, I mean, when Arsenal went to invincible seasons, didn't they draw like, you know, 12 games, they drew like 12 games right? Mm. And they still went on to be invincible. Blah, we weren't, blah, blah, as, blah. weren't as good as everyone's hardy were. That invincible team wouldn't have won, I don't believe would have won the league last season. And, you almost have to, you can't even draw games. And that's what killed us last season. It was these pesky draws. It was, you could have said, right, you could have turned to Man United draw last season as a draw that kind of led to our downfall. You know, the pesky little draws where we should have won against your Leicesters, especially when we're on form. I think that's what frustrates, frustrated everybody today was the fact that we're on form. We're playing a team who are not good enough, in my opinion, to even, you know, you know, just about entering the top six. And we had the opportunity to really hit them and, and take all three points. And there should have been another team. Maybe it should have been a, even if it was a Leicester, you could probably would have looked at it. If we went to Leicester away and, and walked away with a point, you probably would have looked at that and said, you know what? Fair enough based on the current form. But we've got to pretty much win every single game. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what, Keith? Do you know what, Keith? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll give you a win. I'll give you a win at Old Trafford today and I'll give you a draw at Bramall Lane two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Switch them around. And it's I the psychology of it, Gav. It is the psychology of it, Chris. But it's just, you have to, and look, I'm, di- I, I'm, disappo- I'm, di- I'm disappointed in it, Chris. I am. I'm genuinely disappointed. But I, I'm struggling to have a real go off this side and manager. I'm being honest with no, you. No, 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 no. Of course. Of course. I agree. Long term, and look, at the end of the day, when I calm down, when I've had... Like a whole bottle of water and I, I calm down. <laughs> I thought you were going to say about a whole bottle of wine. You've taken up drinking. Close. I know you was waiting for that. Yeah. So I'm on when, the I, when I, when I calmed down, I did look at, you know, I did tweet something which absolutely makes sense. Unlike my usually tweets, but, yeah, I was say but that. It, it was, it was the fact that it's the old adage of if you offered me at the start of the season after nine games where we played Arsenal, Chelsea, um, who did we play today? United. Leicester. United. So four, Leicester. Gone away, so five we went away out of the Bournemouth. top seven teams. Right? Four or five out of the top seven teams. And after nine games, we're unbeaten and we're six points clear of our most deadliest rivals. And now we've got a fully fit squad now. Enough more will be back next week. And everyone's raring to go. And we've had our blip because this is our bad performance. Mm-hmm. And that's the positive. The brilliant thing about this team is after a blip, we, 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 we fucking go again, Gav. 
and we're about to go again. And that's the brilliant positive. Spurs will get it next week. I know they will get it next week. And that's the thing. And that will lead us up to the Man City game. And this could be another tonic for us. You know, it, it could be a blessing in disguise. We've had a little shit performance and we've got to have our system. And we've let the world know, even after all that, we're still unbeaten and we still haven't lost. And we're still six points clear. So there's absolute positives. But the frustration lies with, I'm usually accustomed to Klopp and this team learning from past mistakes and we didn't today. Yeah. That's my only frustration. No, yeah, I, 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 look, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I usually do, Chris. You know the way me and you argue, like literally mm. all day, every day. Have a big hug at the end of the day and then we go to bed and wake up for the next day. Uh, but yeah. look, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of those things. Like people are saying there, you know, if it wasn't City, um, it's like Galeno says, it's not Liverpool making us nuts at City. If they weren't around, we'd be over the moon. That's a fair point. Um, people feel that Man City will buy in January and people on, on there think that, uh, you know, Liverpool will as well. So it's, it's, we'll have to wait and see till January, but I'm not looking forward to that far forward. I'm, I'm looking at Genk, Spores. I think it's Genk again, Villa. Is that right? Awesome. Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal. Then, then, so, so I think it's, I think it's, if I can remember rightly, it's Genk in mid midweek. It's Spurs, then it's Arsenal, then it's Villa. Is that right? And then it's City. So it's yeah. there's a load of stuff going on there, but it's it's great. Um, Papandeo says, guys, I think it has has a lot to do with rhythm after the international break. Salah out, plus they were below par today. Look, yeah, a few things went against us. And in fairness, I I don't usually make. A lot of excuses for Liverpool teams. And I, as I said, I find it hard to, to have a go at them. But I think a lot of stuff went against us today. You know, let's, in my opinion, United's goal shouldn't have stood. Our goal shouldn't have stood in this first half. We get a goal late on. We win the game. And we, I think we deserve to win the game. But that's, that's how we, um, that's how we have to wait. That's just the way it is. Um, but look, uh, man of the match, Grizz. No, sorry, Keith. Man of the match for you. Who would you give it to? Tough one, isn't it? That is a tough one. Mm. That is a very tough one. I thought... You know what, actually? I'll give it to Andrew Robertson today. I thought, you know, a lot of talk came in with regards to, obviously, Wan-Bissaka getting the opportunity to kind of push up further forward and kind of peng Robertson back in. But I thought he was the one player who showed the energy and enthusiasm to get up and, and almost push Bissaka back, if you will. I thought he defended really, really well. Obviously, other than the goal being out of position when it should have been a foul, but that's neither here or there. And, you know, it was his cross that ultimately delivered to uh, Lalana for the goal. I thought, just overall, I thought, it, you know, it looked like if something was going to happen, it was going to come from his side. Um, and, yeah, I just thought that, you know, he once again kind of stood up going forward more than probably our most creative players Grizz man of the match for you Atkinson is the obvious choice <laughs> without He's a shadow of a doubt yeah and if you if you if you if you really really need one because I can't I can't give him no one deserves a bottle of champagne from me mm. in that local <laughs> team today but if I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue if you forced me against Robertson. I actually thought Gini Wijnaldum started off really well. Mm -hmm. I thought, come on, here we go. We're going to get the, the, the Holland Gini here. But again, mm -hmm. he just disappeared. I don't know if under instruction to play in a certain way or whatever it was. 
Robertson's delivery was far better than Trent's. He had a couple of other situations as well. So I guess Robertson at an absolute push, yeah. I'll go with Robertson. Oh, okay. I'm giving it to Adam Lallana. Um, he comes on, he comes on late. He gets the goal, and I spoke earlier about us being fairly in control and not being clinical. He gets in at the back post and he's clinical, so Adam Lallana for me gets man of the match. An argument for VVD is going on here um, now, by a few now. people. Um, VVD, in my opinion, was at fault for the goal. Again, sometimes it's a bit casual. At the end of the day, look, Daniel James, there's only one thing he was doing in that position, and that was putting the ball in the box. Mm. Virgil is in no man's land at that point where he's going to put that in the box. You either press him, you take him out, or you or you try and uh, block the cross. He didn't either for that point. And, and for that, I, I think... Mm, I, I don't think VVD... Yeah, I wouldn't give it to VVD. I think, uh, I think for a, a fault for the goal, I think you could argue Matip and you could possibly argue Trent as well. Um, they can see what's around them, or they should be looking around them anyway. Uh, Van Dijk is going towards the ball. Um, I don't think Van Dijk wants to get too close to James because it may be a case of, uh, you know, Martin Atkinson's not giving you anything. If you go near, if you go near this, get this fella, you're probably getting a penalty given against you. But, um, look, it's just one of those things. I have a couple of random questions for you, lads, before we finish. Grizz, um, one thing you hate to see in a restaurant. Not many things, mate. No, I, I know. Yeah, you eat everything. But is there There's any, not is many there, things I hate in a restaurant, mate. Is there anything that's happened to you in a restaurant where you thought, fucking hell, mate, get me out of here? Yeah. I mean, I've got kids myself. Yeah. But I really, I really hate being... Sat next to a noisy family with noisy kids. Yeah, has this happened um, to you before? Like, have you have you any instances where? Yeah, well, no incidents per se. I mean, um, as I'm getting older, my my patience levels are dropping. Mm. So, you know, I think the next time an incident happens, I'm gonna actually probably get up and complain and say, "Look, I'm punch the kid." <laughs> yeah, I might punch the kid. I'm probably gonna go for the dad first. Yeah. It's usually Nothing. the mother, you know, yeah. you've got to be politically correct. I can't really punch a woman. I would never hit a woman. But it's a usually, headlock a headlock is grand. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I it's it's that's infuriating. I mean, you know, as I said I don't want to mine are impeccably mine are impeccably behaved when we go out, but they um you know noisy kids and noisy families when you're in a restaurant and you're just trying to have your you know me, I look mm. forward to my food. Yeah. And I just want to have a nice peace and quiet. I hate being sat next to uh, noisy kids and noisy families. Yeah. Um, a couple of people, when I asked that question, saying one thing that annoys you, you don't like to see in a restaurant. And three of them straight away said salad, uh, which is amazing. That's following on from last week when me and Matt just kept shouting salad at you. Um, <laughs> DVD asks, who hung Grizz's TV? It looks like it needs a level. Um, I, don't think that's a, I don't think that's a TV. Is it behind you? Is that a mirror or a TV? Ah, we'll leave that open to interpret. Uh, yeah, let people work it out, and then I'll tell you next week. Yeah, well, it's a mo- it's a, it's a better it's better than the um, let's just say it's better than the uh, the rugs he used to have hanging on the. It's not, but the rugs were too heavy. But that's giving it away now, Gav. Basically, I used to have lovely rugs, Persian rugs. Uh, but they yeah, were but too heavy for this particular wall. Too, so I've moved those rugs. Too, wait, too, wait, wait, too wait. heavy for so the I've, wall. <laughs> so I've I've moved those heavy because you see the carpet. <laughs> it shows it shows how authentic they were. Yeah. Keith will back me up on this. Yeah. So, 
authentic Egyptian rugs they were very expensive yeah. and this wall unfortunately couldn't hack that way because this is like a wall that we built ourselves so I've moved those I've moved those to a different wall a firmer wall and so this is uh, I'll tell you what this is next week so I'll what you're, what you're telling me is you live in a house where you can't hang three to four bits of carpet off the wall. Oh, but it's carpet. And, and, and it could, and it could force, and, it, and is, it could cause structural is, damage. Hey, listen, this is expensive and as magical as Aladdin's carpet, I'm telling you. Yeah. This is, this, this is, I'll show you another time. I can't show you now, because I really need to go, but I'll show you. This is an expensive piece of, uh, cloth, this was hanged up on my wall. Yeah, I don't believe it. Um, uh, Keith. Anything ever happened to you in a restaurant that's uh, that you're allowed to talk about here? <laughs> um, okay, it's not really in the restaurant. Well, it is in the restaurant, yeah. but obviously not like out. But the yeah. one thing I cannot stand is horrible toilets. Yeah. For oh, me, yeah. But a bad toilet in a restaurant signifies that... You know, this ain't a clean, this ain't a nice place. This isn't a, a, a nice place to go. And I always find the, the, the funny ones are the ones where you go into like, you know, the kebab shops that have like seating areas mm. and they've got a toilet in the back. Mm. And literally like, <laughs> you go in there and like sometimes the toilets look like. You're struggling, been... yeah, yeah, you're very lucky to come out back out alive. One of them. Yes, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It hasn't eaten me up like it has everywhere else. But they always have an airwick freshener though. Next to the yes. toilet, yeah. Just to make, just to make sure that that dodgy kebab doesn't waft into the kebab shop itself. But <laughs> so yeah, I hate yeah bad toilets for me. I, That's I getting ha- a bad visor review. Well, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember. I don't know, even know if I should tell you this. Um, I remember being in a um, restaurant before, and this restaurant has a, I suppose, a reputation of you know, you know this when it's somebody's birthday. Um, yeah. you know, they bring out like a dessert and it'll have like happy birthday Keats written on it and we're in chocolate sauce and you know, all this sort of shit. And, uh, I remember being down for, I think it was my mother-in-law's birthday and of course they bring out the plate with the dessert, happy birthday and the, and the staff are singing happy birthday. <laughs> and I'd say, I honestly, I'd say there's about that night while I'm sitting there having literally a three course meal, there must have been seven people's birthday and I got to the last one. Um, it, it got to, it got to this one and I'm sitting there and I'm just, I'm, I'm literally enjoying a beer. I don't eat dessert. I'm literally enjoying a beer. And, uh, next of all, I hear happy birthday start up again. And right at the time, shit, no, right at the time I went to say it, I went really quiet. And I went, ah, for fuck's sake. And when I turned around, the woman was about 90 and it was her birthday. And I was oh, like, oh, get me out of here. Like, get me fucking out of here. So, uh, I was, I was saying to your wife, come on, we're out of here. Come on, we're going, we're going. So, um, I had to, uh, I had to, yeah, make a sharp, fairly sharp exit. Chris Brack asks, Grizz, what's the TV series you recommended to Gav? One was Confession, the other was? Capture. Capture. Uh, Fantastic series. You still recommend it to me. I watched Top Boy. I finished all them series of Top Boy last night. Thought it was great. Very disappointed with the ending. Um, but look, we'll have to, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? Um, any more, any more, uh, business there before we go, lads? No, I'm good. Are That's you good? It. I think, I think, I think we let off enough steam today for one oh, night. Okay. Well, um, look, the the Fatback Four Daily will be back on Tuesday night. Uh, Monday night is the night I take off to make way for the club podcast, which will be recorded tomorrow night and released later on tomorrow evening. Um, 
it's been a good show. Look, Liverpool, you know, unbeaten after nine, eight wins and a draw. They've had some tough games. They've a few more tough games to come. And as Grizz said, Spurs are fucking getting it. They really, really are. Over and over. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov slash EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov slash EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Sports Social Podcast Network.